welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in the studio with Frank Selby. Well, Frank, uh, what can I say? It's another week already. Yeah, it's flying by. I, I'm at the shop today tying flies. I have to get four orders out, custom orders. Man, well, you pain. know, you guys uh, crank them with you and uh, your your little Gracie. Yeah, you and your uh, uh, little Santa's little helpers there. You guys crank out a lot of flies. Oh yeah, we're the last shop that I know of to tie all of our flies in house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you send a lot of those out too for special people for special places. Yeah, we uh, actually get a lot of orders from the Delta and Florida. Yeah, and uh, I can't say the one place. <laughs> But, yeah, well, right now she's tying crawdad patterns in the other room for, for bass fishing. And uh, they're going to Louisiana, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, we talk about bass once in a while, but, you know, it's it's always something we should spend more time on because there's more bass anglers than probably everything else combined. Yes, that's true. I always say I don't know any professional uh, uh, trout anglers, but there's sure a ton of bass anglers. Yeah. There's a lot of professional trout anglers, they, but they usually are writing books instead of uh, yeah. doing tournaments. Right. Well, hopefully we'll get one of those people writing books on today. Yeah, we do have a really good one. He's wrote in six books. Mm-hmm. Jason. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll be he'll be on in this segment towards the end, so stay tuned for that because I think we might even keep him for uh, more than more than one uh, uh, segment because he's got so much to talk about. And yeah. I know that you've been busy guiding and and uh, staying busy all week. Yeah, I've uh, actually I had four out one day, two out yesterday, and the four out we got a bunch of the little stingrays, you know, eight or nine. Oh yeah, down in the, the surf. The yeah, oh, they're fun. Yeah. Okay. And then the other guy we fished the bay, we got three halibut. Wow. They, they, spotted bay bass. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna come right back with you, and I think we'll probably have uh, Randall when we come back. Appreciate that. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to Fish Hunt. TalkRadio.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Catch them shallow, I can catch them deep. Open water or the back of the creek. The wind and rain to me, it's all the same. I make a living for playing this game. And I thank the Lord above every time I can. I get to be a fisherman. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby, and we have the pleasure of Jason Randall, who is a uh, certainly nationwide fly, uh, fly fishing, I guess uh, any type of fishing that you want to do. We're going to find out from Jason what it is he does. He is um, a prolific outdoor writer. So, Jason, welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Hey, thanks, John. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for the invitation. Okay. Well, let's kind of get over the uh, how are you kind of stuff. Uh, give us an idea about what it is that you do. Well, I've got probably one of the best jobs in the world. I get to go pretty much all over and, and fish, learn different techniques from different people, and share them with uh, the fishing world uh, through magazine articles and presentations and interviews and books. It's uh, it's really uh, makes makes business a joy. Well, give us an idea what magazines you write for and some about the books that you've written or you're writing. Well, I've, I've a feature writer for American Angler um, in uh, pretty much uh, in the trout world of things, so I write a lot about trout and trout fishing. Uh, I've got the first three books that I put out uh, over the last five years uh, are considered the Fly Fisher's Guide Trilogy. In each one of those three books kind of tackles a different scientific topic within our sport, whether it's the structure of current and moving water, how that affects uh, trout 
trout and the food they eat and also how it affects our fishing. Uh, the second book looks at trout feeding behavior and how any fishing strategy that we're using has got to match up to their feeding strategy at that time in order to, to catch them. And then the third book in the trilogy looks at the trout senses like their sense of hearing and their sense of sight and smell and how to use that to our advantage when we're fishing. And then the most recent book came out about 10 months ago and it's called Nymph Masters fly fishing secrets from expert anglers and it's really one of the first corroborative efforts in nymph fishing in our sport for an awful long time and some of the top names in our sport people like lefty cray and gary borger and george daniel and landa mayer and ed engel all contributed ideas and tips and we put them into one book and it's uh it's just a fun book to work on Mm -hmm. well i like nymphing because you don't have to worry about throwing it way out there (laughs) you just kind of drop it in the water yeah, and if right. especially especially if there's trees or shrubs around. You bet. And I like it because it catches a lot of fish. Yeah, well, uh, Frank, it looks like we're going to be a little busy for a while. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, there was a couple questions I wanted to ask him about the Chicago area still. You, you still fish a lot in the Chicago area? I do, Frank. Uh, you know, living in uh, the far north, uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago, I'm fishing, do most of my fishing locally, uh, if it's just an hour or two on a farm pond. But there's great uh, trout fishing uh, in the in the southwest part of Wisconsin in the area that's called the Driftless Area. It's kind of Spring Creeks. But I also fish all of the tributaries of the, of the uh, Lake Michigan, both on the Wisconsin side and the, and the Michigan side. Uh, for steelhead and trout and salmon. So there's a lot of great opportunities in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, when I used to hang out in Joliet, I loved to come up to Chicago and fish the largemouth and smallmouth bass in the Chicago River. (laughs) And I have a lot of friends still back there. Jerry Padazzi, and you know the the two boys that own the fly shop in Chicago. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I do. I do. And and uh, two great guys. Uh, you just don't want to fish the Chicago area any time around the middle of March for St. Patrick's Day because they dump all that green dye in there and have parade. Yeah. Oh, what what's the dye for? Well, it's for St. Patrick's Day. It's, it's oh uh, God. They, yeah, I mean they drink green beer and and put red dye in the in the river. It's uh, organic and biodegradable, but it it, it uh, I don't think it helped the fishing any <laughs> at least that time. But <laughs> yeah, it's, really? uh, it's a fun time. Yeah, that's where all the poor boys used to go to fish is the Great Lakes and uh, the some of the small streams and rivers there. Well, well, you probably fished for for right off the the public piers. Then I'll bet you you did for perch and, yeah. and uh, some of that too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was a poor boy. Yeah, I was a poor boy. I was a misery boy. But my best friend's dad owned the uh, card making there in Chicago. God, the uh, Ellis's. God. I can't think of the name of the cards. Uh, Jason, yeah. tell us a little bit about the Great Lakes because I don't really know a lot about it. But you know, it's you know, there's there's certainly a lot of water. Uh, give us an idea about the fishing. And is it uh, they have a lot of charter boats going out into the water? Or is it you know? Give us an idea about fishing the Great Lakes. 
Oh, you bet. Um, you, certainly, they do have a lot of charter boats out in the summer for uh, coho and, and king salmon and lake trout. And, and although it's been a little affected by the, the zebra mussels, the filter feeders have reduced the plankton and, and uh, the suspended food for the bait fish. And with, with fewer bait fish, there's certainly um, been, a, a, been a decline in the population of, of the salmon species. But it's still very good fishing. But we have great uh, lake run browns and steelhead runs and salmon runs in the tributaries from Wisconsin, the UP, uh, all the way around in the lower peninsula of Michigan as well. So the, the Great Lakes have kind of a combination of salt uh, water fish and freshwater fish. Well, no salt because it's all fresh water, but it's all uh, going to be you know, the same kind of fish. No, you said you got, you, got, you got salmon in there, which is... Yeah, we do, mm-hmm. freshwater salmon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's getting real popular, too, down on the southern tip, uh, you know, in the in the lower part of Lake Michigan, uh, the mouths of these rivers. There's just huge flats, sandbar flats and mud flats. And carp is getting to be a huge game fish for on mm-hmm. the fly. And, boy, it's getting to get real popular mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Midwest. Now, a couple of years ago, I had a guy on. It was something like the head of the Carp, fly, fly, Carp Fishing Association of of America, and I thought the guy was kidding. I said, "Who who who fishes for carp?" But boy, it's sure gotten popular. It sure has. I remember we used to try to shake him off the hook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of rivers now. They have contests just for carp in uh, yep. Montana. Uh, they have two different runs of people going out to see who they catch the biggest carp. Well, I, I, I haven't really done much carp fishing, but what I do know is they're very difficult to get them to bite. That's true. You know, I, I, you know what? I'll admit I've not done a lot of it either. I've tried a couple times, and uh, it is. It's a challenging, uh, it's a challenging fish, and uh, for a number of reasons. And even after you get them to bite, it's not always a, uh, a done deal. Um, it's kind of considered like the the poor man's bonefish now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's gotten to be real desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you a little hint. Do you know carp was the first? A species of fish ever taken on a fly? Ah, uh, no, I didn't know that. The first Ming Dynasty. Oh, really? Wow. Silk <laughs> <Built> flies, <laughs> uh, bone hooks, and only the highest ranked people could take up fish. Wow. Uh, well, the, other, the other thing I understand that the carp were brought over, I don't know, about 150 years ago as a food fish to the United okay. States. Yeah, it's been popular for a long time in Europe. I mean, it's really uh, it's really a big deal there, and it's just getting hot over here now. The last maybe five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's neat about carp? They can live in any kind of water, oh, brackish yeah. water, yeah, that's true. That is dirty true. water, clear right. water. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a break, and we'll see how long we can get. Uh, uh, Jason to hang around with us because he's got so much information and you know just right off the top I'm going wow this is going to take a while so we'll see how long we can keep you on the phone we appreciate it Randall uh, or Jason and uh, we're about ready to take a break at, go to fishhunttalkradio.com you can listen to all these uh, information that uh, uh, Jason's going to be giving us and you can listen to it over and over again so you don't have to write it all down so we'll be right back with you you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio but I wish that I was fishing 
East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And we have uh, uh, Jason Randall on the line with us. And Wow. Uh, Jason, there's so much I want to cover, and I don't know where to start. Um, you talked about, you know, the, I don't know, <laughs> just about every time of fishing everywhere. Uh, Frank, what's the most interesting to you? I think uh, his new book on nymphing, he's got all five ways of uh, nymph fishing Let's in do that, that book. Do you, do, you, do you mind, Jason, giving us some tips oh, on nymphing? First of all, explain, explain what it is and how you do it. 
Well, nymph fishing is kind of a broad term that catches everything. Nymph is, a, is really a, a, an immature insect, but nymph fishing, the term, has come to mean pretty much anything that's underwater subsurface um, other than like streamers and woolly buggers and stuff like that. So you don't have to be fishing with a nymph to be nymph fishing. You can do it with a scud, a little crustacean, or um, pretty much anything that's uh, close to the bottom. But we know that trout feed more you know, under the surface than they do on top of the surface. We all love to catch dry fly fish on, on during a hatch, but in between hatches and other opportunities, uh, your best bet is nymph fishing. Okay, and explain uh, explain how you do that, and you know different types and indicators, and you know what it is it takes to to work. And like I said, I think it's probably very productive, and it's a lot easier than uh, um, being in brush and shrub and trying to throw that fly out. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, the strike indicator um, type of nymphing has been around for a long time, and there's really a time and place where, where that really is the most effective way to nymph fish and uh, just making sure that you get your flies down close to the bottom because that's where the, the strike zone is for nymph fishing. Some of the newer techniques, though, really um, the ones that have come out of Europe, they're called Euro nymphing or sometimes by the country of their origin like Czech nymphing or Polish nymphing, um, but those techniques really cut through the current to keep your flies close to the bottom because we know that the current is less closer to the bottom, so that's where the food is, that's where the trout are, and that's where your flies need to be too. So a lot of those newer techniques that don't use flotation strike indicators really are very effective at, at getting your flies down in front of fish, and usually presentation trumps fly selection. Fly selection is important. Getting the right fly down there is important, but getting the right presentation in the right zone is critical. Um, when fish are on the bottom, uh, they're feeding more opportunistically rather than a hatch where they're really keyed on one certain food type. Um, they might take a variety of different flies as long as we can get it to the bottom and have a decent presentation. Well, without using the indicator, um, you have to pay very close attention because you never know when you've got a bite. Well, there's a, just a different way of, of detecting that strike, and it is a bit of a learning curve with it, like there is with any new technique. And you're right, um, you've got to you've got to get dialed into kind of a new system. But we're, what we're doing is we're we're staying relatively tight to the flies, and a lot of these techniques are called tight line techniques, and kind of a hybrid of the old high sticking techniques we used to use uh, many years ago. But uh, with that tight connection to the flies, if a trout takes that fly, oftentimes you can feel the strike, a little tug um, as opposed to a bottom tick. Um, and you can also see because your line will stop moving in the drift. And so just a, a little bit of practice and I think you can you can, uh, you can can get dialed into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so when it comes to nymphing, you're talking about, you know, either using an indicator or not. But it sounds like the advantage of not using an indicator is that the line isn't going to move as fast. 
Yeah, that's true. It slows your drift down. And again, if, uh, if you know that the current speed closer to the bottom of the stream is moving slower, slowing that drift down a bit is, uh, is really a more natural presentation. So we want to get our flies closer to the bottom. And we want to slow them down relative to the speed of the strike zone, which is that area right above the, the stream would bed. You, would you use a sinking uh, line or would you use a floating line with, floating. with a lot of... Uh, um, um, tippet on it. Yeah, yeah. More and more and more, you're going to see um, using uh, longer leaders and and less fly line, um, and so. Typically, we're not using much of the uh, of the fly line at all. Now, the old Brooks method uh, did use some sinking lines, uh, and uh, again, trying to get those flies closer to the bottom. So, sinking lines are, you know, are just, they're not that commonly used anymore, but they used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time. Let's keep moving on to the next one, Frank. That was a good question. Where else where should we go? Well, that's easy. Uh, most places now you can only use two flies. In some places you can only use one nymph, and then there's other places you can use three. What's your best way to do a three uh, three uh, nymphs at a time? Well, that's a great a great question, Frank. Usually, <laughs> if if, uh, it is a long answer, though, but uh, usually if I'm fishing in fast water, then I want to, if I'm fishing two or maybe three flies, I need to get all three of those flies down to the strike zone. So typically, I'm going to put my heaviest fly, or which would be called an anchor fly because it sinks, or I might uh, put a sinker in the very front part of that uh, the, the rig. Um, I might put it uh, at the very front because I want that way to carry all three or two or three of those flies beneath the current and into the strike zone. But if I'm fishing slow water, relatively slow-moving water to maybe even up to medium speed water, then I'll put the heaviest fly at the very end, the point fly, and then my upper flies will be off of small um, dropper segments of tippet, maybe five inches long or so. And those might be less weighted flies because in slow-moving water, the strike zone broadens from, from uh, you know, maybe only a small bottom segment in fast water. It might broaden all the way from top to bottom. So it's okay in that situation to have your flies yeah. I'm sorry you're still there uh, Jason yeah okay yeah. I'm starting to break off a little bit um, so that now does it do you find it more effective to have more flies in the water or isn't it, isn't it even that much more difficult to uh, feel the bite <laughs> well, it, 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 it's a little more tangle-prone, especially, you know, if you're just starting to learn those techniques. Uh, I maybe wouldn't recommend putting three flies on when you're just getting started. Uh, a little bit more tangle-prone till you get used to it. Um, but it does give you the advantages of, of uh, maybe setting a smorgasbord uh, uh, arrangement of different flies in front of the trout uh, and see maybe what their preference might be. So I think it helps 
uh, in that sense, get dialed into what the trout are taking. Um, and I think once you get the hang of the cast and the presentation, um, you know, it's not that tangle prone. Uh, I think even using something as simple as a water loaded cast where you're letting it trail downstream and, and just uh, using a water loaded cast to, to get up above mm-hmm. you again like roll, uh, can like, really help. Like a roll cast, you mean? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. something along mm-hmm. those lines. And I think that helps with the tangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know what Bob always said: two flies are better than one, doubles your chances. Mm-hmm. That's Bob true. Jack. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll share. I'll oh. share a tip from Joe Humphreys too, who shared uh, yeah. you know, a lot of tips in the mm-hmm. in the new book, Nymph Masters. One of the tips he shared with me is the difference between a good nymph angler and a great nymph angler is two split shot. It, that just yeah. emphasizes how important it is to get your flies closer to the bottom in that stripe. So is that what you do is use a, 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 a split shot on it so at the bottom? Yeah. Yep, you can. You can use a split shot, uh, you know, up, uh, up you know, uh, usually people will put it above the, the, the upper dropper or the first flight, um, but uh, it's different. People rig it differently a little bit, and some people use a weighted fly, a heavily weighted fly, instead of sinkers, but whatever it takes to get to the bottom. If you're not feeling bottom once in a while on, a, on some of those drifts, then you need to do something, uh, maybe even adding a little bit more weight. Well, this is something new to me, like most of. Um, but you mentioned a dropper loop. So, do you cut and just go one strand, or do you actually use a, a dual strand that goes through the hook? For well, a what loop? I usually. Yeah, to hook up the rig, usually I'll come down the leader um, to a tippet ring, uh, which is a very small two, maybe three millimeter um, tungsten ring. And then I'll put a short fly off of that and a long fly. So I might put the short uh, fly um, maybe five inches um, uh, of tippet. And then the next fly, I might put uh, 18 inches uh, uh, so that I've got uh, two flies off of one tippet ring. So if I break off one fly, I really only have to tie that one fly back on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the other stuff that you mentioned, we're going to try and get through as best we can. Some great uh, ideas on uh, uh, fly fishing for trout. I don't know if we have enough time to even mention. Let's see, what time do we have here? Well, we've got uh, about 30 seconds. But um, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, carp fishing. And I don't know, you said it's a growing sport. I don't know that too many people that do it, but it, it is growing. And, you know, I think of, of uh, carp sitting around the dock and they're just kind of floating around underneath there and you put some bait in front of them and they could care less. You bet. Let's, uh, um, do we have time to get into that now? Or no, we only got about 20 seconds. So let's uh, let's go ahead and and, uh, and jump on that as soon as we get back. And then uh, we'll see if we can cover some other subject also. You are listening you to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. And you can listen to Jason as many times as you want. All right. We'll be right back with you guys.
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby and Jason Randall. Um, Jason, we started talking about um, carp fishing. I'd, I don't want to get too far into it, but just give us an idea. If you're interested in carp, where, where do you go? Boy, I'll tell you what, you can choose just about any place to go. I, we've got some ponds uh, in northern Illinois that are loaded with carp, and uh, you, you can fish them. I've got a small uh, creek behind the house that uh, that we've got carp in, and, and it's a fun thing about carp is it's, it's, it is a lot like saltwater bone fish, and you can sight fish for them. A lot of times they'll be laying close to the surface and finning and uh, just getting your fly out there in front of them, and, and uh, you got a chance to catch them. And then hang on. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And um, we were talking, uh, let's, let's go ahead and continue on, um, and uh, some of the other subject that you wanted to get into. Uh, well, don't answer that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry about that. No, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of other aspects of uh, fly fishing uh, other than nymph fishing. I love to dry fly fish and being on the river when there's a hatch of bluing olive, which is a small aquatic mayfly or caddisflies, uh, another um, aquatic insect. When they come erupting, they release from the bottom at the uh, uh, at the beginning of the adult stage and they pop off the water surface and the trout are rising. There's nothing, there's no magical other magical moment greater than that in, in, uh, in fishing that I can think of is the casting your fly to a rising trout. Frank, you probably uh, enjoy that too, don't you? Yeah, I used to do a lot of that on uh, the Madison and a couple other little places. Yeah, that's fun. I'll tell you what, it's exciting. It's a heart-pounding moment uh, when you're casting to a, a, a rising trout. It's like casting to a spotted, decided bonefish. I'll tell you what, your your heart rate doubles. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's talk for a minute about, because, you know, there are the purists that won't use anything but a fly and they have to tie it themselves out of natural stuff. But uh, spin fishing in some circumstance uh, can be an effective way to fish. <laughs> or, <coughs> excuse me, of course, when you're in salt water, it's normally convention. But let's, uh, let's get some tips on spin fishing. Oh, you bet. You bet. I, I still enjoy spin fishing. I, I like trolling uh, charter boats, uh, fishing for salmon and saltwater fish and all that stuff. So I fish pretty much any way uh, that I can to catch a fish. And every uh, year uh, for the last few years, and i uh, got a trip planned already uh, for this June, I like to go out uh, with a Hall of Fame fisherman, Spence Petros, and, and uh, a name probably well-known to many in the fishing world. Um, and we go drop shot for bass in, in uh, Lake Geneva, which is in southern Wisconsin, and that's that's so much fun. And you talk about a very finesse technique. It's, uh, um, it, it's a great way to catch fish. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, in a couple of minutes, we're going to bring Captain Phil Thompson on, who fishes, uh, well, he's a Cuba expert, so we'll let you guys swap some stories, and we'll do that in a few minutes. You bet, you bet. Cuba's a, kind of the new, uh, one of the rich treasures in the Caribbean and great place to go catch, uh, maybe get your Grand Slam too, which would be a, you know, saltwater Grand Slam would be a permit, a tarpon, and a bonefish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let's just touch on saltwater a little bit, fly fishing and maybe, you know, have you ever done any of that? Yeah, just, uh, you know, in the last five, six years or so, I've really gotten bit by the saltwater bug. And I was always a trout guy, and uh, that's my background. I, I, you know, I have a very scientific background. My bachelor degree is in biology, and, and I went on for additional training in stream and fish ecology and, and fish biology. But um, so I spent so much time fishing for trout because I, I fell in love with that first. But boy, have I gotten bit by the saltwater bug mm-hmm. lately. And I'm going to be down off the coast of southern um, Texas fishing maybe for some tarpon. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, not right conditions for tarpon, we'll try some redfish. And I got a chance to fish Cocodri, Louisiana uh, last year oh, okay. for redfish. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, is that's that fresh water. Yeah, that's fresh water there, but yeah. Yep. But, yeah, uh, but it's in the brackish water did, along mm-hmm. the shores of Louisiana. And boy, I'll tell you what, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. yeah it is. Hey, I got one question real quick. Did you ever get to go down and fish with... Uh, Lefty and Bob Clouser and Renzetti. 
Florida, they used to do that every year for years. And eight times I missed. They mm-hmm. did, they did. But I got a chance to fish uh, with Bob, and I've spent some time on the stream uh, with Lefty before he died. But um, I've never saw water fished with those guys. And those, those uh, especially Lefty, and, and the, uh, he's kind of the bonefish buccaneer, I know, the, yeah. the uh, program that well, the, doing Well, the uh, fly, fly fishing in the, in the salt water, I think, goes into two things. you got the inshore, where you can actually fish from the beach. Um, and then, of course, you've got the people that like to uh, uh, go after the uh, billfish and, you know, some of and roosters and the rest of them from, uh, on, on a fly. Yep, That's those a, are on my uh, bucket list still. Mm-hmm. I still haven't caught a, a rooster fish, but oh. for me, well, the, why don't you well, why don't you why don't you go down to Baja with me and we'll see what we can do for you. Oh, yeah, you we'll get it. you into a couple. I got a bunch of extra tens and twelves and fifteen weights if we want to go out and really do some big fishing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll uh, bring the beer uh, and sandwiches. Uh, Jason, you mentioned Cuba, so just as a last minute, I'm going to bring on uh, someone that if you don't know, you should know is Captain Phil Thompson. And he, um, his passion is Cuba. So let's introduce him real quick, and maybe you guys can swap some stories about Cuba. Maybe you might even learn something. And do we have uh, Phil? Do we have you on the line? Absolutely. How All you right. doing, John? Okay. We have uh, uh, Jason Randall, who has written multiple books on different types of fishing, and he sounds like he's got an affinity. He wants to learn more about uh, Cuba. So why don't well, you guys, why don't you guys go ahead and take it? I just got back about uh, an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Phil. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's good to meet How you. How are you? I'm doing good. How is the fishing in Cuba? Fishing is excellent. The uh, marlin have started coming in the, on the north shore. They oh, yeah. um, the blue water was in, and they seem like it's going to be an early uh, run. We've got a, the Hemingway tournament the 21st of May, so it looks like it's going to be a pretty good tournament. Oh, that's fun! I was the last, the only time I fished Cuba. I was at uh, uh, is it Cayo Largo on the south side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, boy, that was fun. We got into a, a school of bonefish. I was down there uh, not only with my wife but one other angler, and he was on one boat. We were on the other. We were about 50 yards apart so we could hoot and holler and yell at each other. We got into this huge school. I've never seen a school of bonefish that big down there anywhere. And Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. We fished Las Salinas quite a bit, which is on the south side of the main island. And... That's uh, borders of Zapata, Cienega uh, Zapata, which is the biggest conservation area in Cuba, or the Caribbean for that matter. And it's bonefish heaven, absolute heaven. Uh, I had some oh guys down in the river, Rio Hatiwanico, there uh, fishing uh, oh, about two weeks ago. And they jumped 20 tarpon in, in a day and caught a really nice big snook as well. Hmm. Wow. Now that's my The opportunities part. are there. Boy, Cuba is just like. Uh, like the new crown jewel of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go, do you spend any time on land, or you fly in down there, or how do you uh, you spend most of your time on the charter boats, or what do you do, Phil? No, actually, we just we just came back. A friend of mine, uh, Don McKenzie here, who uh, owns a dive shop in Key West, Florida, we just did a little journey from uh, Havana to uh, Baracoa, which is the one of the easternmost cities. It's the oldest city in, in Cuba. And we, would, we didn't actually go there for fishing. We had a rod and reel with us, of course, but went there to see the beautiful rivers. And um, it's an area that was kind of whacked by the hurricane, but it's it's come back strong. 
it's uh, very mountainous and, and, like I said, it has these beautiful rivers and beautiful uh, coastline. There's just, there's nothing there. Uh, well, let's talk, you know, and uh, again, Jason, since uh, uh, you've only been there once, you have some questions for Phil? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was able to get a Grand Slam um, out of the area we were fishing, but the permit were not real plentiful. Is there a, an area that you like um, to try to get that Grand Slam or at least to try to get that permit? Well, the permit fish, you know, being a, being a Florida Keys guide, um, where we have absolutely the, the best big permit fishing in the world. Um, permit are very, very unpredictable. The best time to get a permit is very is right before they go out to spawn. That's usually when the larger fish and a multitude of fish move into the shallows to do two things, to both warm their eggs to uh, uh, help expedite spawn, but also to feed up because where they go out on, in the spawn, there's no food. So that's usually in around February, late February, early March, but totally depends on the on the um, weather. How hard is Cuban now to get in and out of? I know it got a little bit uh, easier for a little bit, and someone told me it's just getting a little tougher. Is that true, or is it pretty? Not really. All, the only thing that uh, President Trump did was he. Um, he, he, it's really hard to describe. He really didn't change anything. We just flew into Fort Lauderdale, no problem whatsoever. Technically, you need to, you should have an itinerary and keep that itinerary with you. But that's just a formality, and as far as I know, no one's ever been asked for one. Uh, but customs agents here in Florida, which if there was going to be a any type of problem, it would be here. And of course, in Cuba, there's no problem. Never has been. I've been going to Cuba since 1993, and I've never had a problem on the Cuban side. I usually you, fly uh, to Jamaica and then across. Well, this, it's really not necessary. You can take it. Not anymore, I know, but for a long time, that was the way yeah, or fly, had fly, to go fly, to Mexico. Air fly out of Mexico. Exactly, yeah. yes. I understand. Yeah. No, but the, the, uh, okay. it's really yeah. kind of a shame because of the travel warning and, um, and the, all of the hype. It's really cut down on the individual Americans going there and, and we had such a great flow of them there and it was doing so okay. much for the average well, we're gonna, person. We're gonna, we're, it looks like we're out of time here. We've got a, just a short segment coming up. If you guys wouldn't mind hanging around it's only about three, four minutes. Yeah, uh, and we could get there. Uh, yeah, we need some more information about the books. Uh, you are listening okay. to uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and just where it says listen to and pick which one you want. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. 
Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest-lasting, functional, and best-looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and uh, we are here with uh, uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And go to us online and just go listen to. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and just hit listen to and listen to this story. This show is probably as many times as you want. Uh, we did bring in uh, Captain Phil Thompson, and we've been talking to Jason Randall for most of the show. But fascinating show, a lot of information. Uh, we're just going to touch a little bit on Cuba, but before we do that, I would like Phil and Jason to go over again a little bit about some of their um, some of their writing and what you've done recently and what you're working on. Lead off, Jason. Hey, thank you, Phil. Um, yeah, I've got uh, a new book out that came out about ten months ago, uh, months ago, and it really focuses on nymph fishing. Uh, it's called Nymph Masters: Fly Fishing Secrets from Expert Anglers, and uh, it's already it came out ten months ago. It's already in its third printing. It's it's really a popular book because of all of the quality of the contributions from the nymph masters. Ten of the top names in our sport, including Lefty Cray and. Uh, oh. uh, Joe Humphreys, uh, Ed Engel, Gary Borger, George Daniel, Landon Mayer, tons of people contributed ideas and tips, and we put them in one book and called it Nymph Masters. So that's that's, uh, probably the big news for me uh, at this point. The other uh, three books have been out for quite a while, and uh, I don't know. Phil, what do you got going on? 
Well, I'm working on a new book, which is kind of called, I haven't figured out the entire title, but the end of it is Travels with Chino. It's a combination of five years of traveling around Cuba, and it's mainly more than a travel guide. It's about the people that I found in different locations and touches on some fishing here and there. Uh, it's a labor of love in my case because the Cuban people have just been so good to me over the years, and I love. I want to see them. I want to see them get out of this little rut they're in. Um, we had a we had great enthusiasm there for a while, and, and a lot of lot of really uh, positive things happening. And now it's kind of uh, settled down a bit, but it'll pick back up. You know, and of course, ninety seven. Really Really interesting Sorry. idea with the, the people of Cuba. When I was down there and I fished with several different guides and met several different local people, there isn't a probably a warmer, more inviting, more personable and friendly people that I've ever met. Absolutely, they they. I've traveled traveled quite a bit all, all over the world, and I would have to say that they are the most welcoming people I've ever met. Um, and you're very safe. It's, it's, it's got to be the safest destination in the world, with the exception of Antarctica, as far as crime and as far as uh, anyone, you know, anyone uh, molesting you whatsoever. And the Cuban, the Cuban police are very, very uh, welcoming to Americans. Uh, the people, of course, everybody has a cousin in Miami, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they, like they love everything about Americans. Well, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to spend a lot more time talking about it, but we're a little kind of tight on time. Um, I know that uh, property value down there is, that, is uh, starting to explode if you have the opportunity to buy it. That's, that would take a lot more time than we have, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't, yeah. don't look at it as an investment right now. Look at it as just a great place to go visit. There you go. Okay. Well, and, and again, uh, Jason Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L, uh, just look it up and, and check out. He's got four books out right now and covers covers a whole gamut. And Captain Phil, you didn't mention the, the first book I read, which is really not a fishing book, but I couldn't put it down. It was 97 miles south. It's about some people that visit Cuba. Uh, supposedly it's fiction, but I know there's a lot of you in there. <laughs> well, they can, they can get it at CaptainPhilThompson.com or Amazon, Kindle. It's on all the uh, Goodreads. It's on everything. All right. Okay, guys. Man, that was... Shoot, we should probably go for another hour with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to have them back soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Terrell Thank you very much. Yeah, I, need a, I need a T-bone steak right now. Uh, yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Jason. But all they, all they have yep. is pork and chicken over there? Uh, yeah, but it's really good pork and chicken. Okay. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us on, guys. All right. Yes, thanks Thank so you much. Audience. Okay, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. You go to listen to and hear this as much as time as you want. Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome back to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio with Frank Selby. And 
Frank, we started the last off a little bit about some of what you've been doing. Uh, let's uh, let's start in with some of the trips that we've got coming up this summer. Uh, we're going to Alaska in July. Yeah. And these are real fun adventure trips, and they're hosted trips. And then we've got uh, that one sold out, but we put one together for East Cape. Uh, the little town of Los Bariles, which is right north of uh, uh, San Jose del Cabo Airport. And it is just phenomenal. you got like five miles of pure sandy beach. Um, you get up in the morning and look out at the water while you're having restaurant uh, breakfast. And um, you can see the, the boats, and sometimes you can see fish out there. They, they get in as close as a few hundred yards from shore. Yeah. But you get on the boat, you go out, come back in, um, everything's taken care of for you, and you just uh, uh, sit down by the infinity pool and relax with uh, cold beverage, alcohol or non-alcohol, and just relax, get in the pool. And it's just a neat little town. I mean, you can walk around anywhere. It's completely safe. There's no graffiti. There's no timeshare people. There's no kids selling chiclets. And it's just a really neat little town. So we're going to do a uh, two-day cruiser fishing and one day to do what you want. You might want to take some um, um, four-wheelers up and down the beach. Or if you want to go back out on a cruiser or a ponga, we can do that. And it's, uh, it's like we got it priced around 850 bucks for uh, four nights. It's a, it's a screaming deal. So try and get in touch with us, find out about that, and uh, we'd appreciate having you. Hey, you know what? Jason said he wanted to do some saltwater. Maybe I'll call him and see if he wants to go on the trip with us. Oh, he mentioned that, him and uh, you know both of them. We, we don't have time to talk about what uh, Jason showed us the other day. He's got his own trout pond and his own bass pond. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to have to go to work, Frank, and we're going to come back with uh, one of my favorite people and very few products that come out that are innovative and they work. We're going to find out about that. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. 
road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Kentucky Lake and Barkman, Sardis, Ross Burnett, Toledo Bend, Rayburn, and Conroe, you won't forget. He loved Lake of the Ozark. He loved Table Rock. Bull shows on the White River. He ain't gonna never stop. He's a great American fisherman. He fish anywhere. Anywhere there's water, Lord knows he'd be there. He's just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. The great American fisherman got fishing in his soul. Say that He's a great American fisherman, he fish anywhere. Anywhere there's water, Lord knows he'd be there. Just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. Great American fisherman got fishing in his soul. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and this is uh, uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio, Fish Hunt Talk Radio, or fishtalkradio.com will still put you on our website. Uh, go there. You can listen where it says listen now or listen to any program that's uh, in recent history. And today's program, especially the first hour, was fascinating. And I'm going to introduce somebody that uh, um, I think not only is a great guy, but Frank, how many how many new products uh, for fishing and you know for outdoors come on the market? And it's always uh, something new and something better. I think all the there's got to be, if not hundreds of thousands of tackle manufacturers, and I think most of them are designed to catch the angler. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know it's so refreshing to have a, a new product come out, and this is fairly new, um, that actually does what you want it to do, and it does what they say it does. And it's a company called Soft Science, and we have John Marriott on the line with us, who is the uh, CEO of Soft Science. We've talked about it before, but uh, it is such an unusual product that uh, it, well, shoes basically is what it is. Or I'm not even sure shoes is the right word because they're they're actually a piece of equipment that you wear on your feet. Uh, but they're you know I've I've had them on um, probably shouldn't say this for two weeks straight. I don't wear socks and just you know finally uh, threw them in a washing machine. But they're so comfortable, so easy, and everybody that. Um, has had the pleasure of me uh, giving some samples to absolutely love them and uh, John maybe you can tell us a little bit about why that's the case sure I'd be happy to yeah you know we we introduced um, the third version of our fin the fin 3.0 back in January and uh, it's it's our most technical uh, uh, fishing shoe thus far so we started out with the original fin 
uh, and then we evolved to the SIN 2.0, which is a more of a, uh, a moccasin toe type of a fishing shoe. And now the SIN 3.0, which is more of an athletic kind of a cut to it. But they all have the same uh, inherent comfort and slip resistance. Uh, I mean, the nice thing about our shoes is, you know, not only do they make your time on the water more uh, enjoyable and allow you to stay out longer than you, you might otherwise uh, would with uh foot pain, uh, knee pain, hip pain, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, when you're standing on them, doesn't matter if you're on a wet deck or, a, you know, a, a slippery deck, etc. you're going to be planted and, and you're not going to slide around in our shoes. Well, um, I can attest to it. I don't know how many shoes you've got me, but unfortunately they keep disappearing because people want them. <laughs> Well, I'm still wearing the pair you gave me, and right now I've, they're like not even having a pair of shoes on. I love them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're the beige ones. Actually, uh, John, I was just looking at it yesterday, and they've got kind of well, they're how do I describe it? And the top part is porous where you've got, you know, all these drains where the water will come and go. But what's interesting and unique about them is you can wear them when it's cold and they keep your feet warm. And you can be walking on hot pavement and they keep your feet cool. And yeah, you know, you're right. The, uh, you know, so the, the materials package really doesn't transfer heat at all. So you're, you're right. What, you know, whether it's cold out or it's warm out, you know, whatever... Uh, the case may be that doesn't transfer through the sole in, into your foot, um, and the the mesh is designed uh, so that the whole shoe is meant to get wet. It's meant to take water over the transom and uh, and take splashing from uh, from the hose as you as you wash down, etc. Or as, if you're wading in a stream, uh, you know the water flows through the mesh rolls out through uh, holes in the bottom of the sole that are covered with mesh so that you don't get rocks and sticks up into the shoe and then drain out through the sides of the soles. Uh, so it makes it a very quick to drain and quick to dry uh, shoe. Yes. And it is, uh, you know, when you compare them to um, some of the other athletic shoes on the market, you know, the hiking shoes and these, uh, you know, they're a fraction of the cost. They're not cheap because they're not cheap shoes. But, you know, for 50 to 100 bucks, I think, is pretty much your range. You know, and there's a lot of the, you know, the designer shoes and climbing shoes and fishing shoes that are two or three times that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've got the three different price points between the Fin, the Fin 2, and the Fin 3. So, uh, you know, we've got the shoe for the more value-conscious customer. And uh, then we've got, uh, you know, the most technical uh, option at the other end of the spectrum. But still... All three are very affordable and, and deliver a great, great value. Well, do you have the Fin 3 on the website yet? Yeah, so those launched in, uh, in January, so they're available on the website. Uh, plus, we added a new color this year to the Fin 2. We went from uh, what used to be a blue digicamo to a green digicamo, which has been real popular. Uh, and then we also uh, launched this year... Um, the Fin H2O, which is more uh, of a, like a sock uh, format uh, to the shoe that's designed for 
guys who uh, do paddle boarding, um, uh, uh, who ride on PWCs, etc. So it's uh, you know, really a, a, quite a nice lineup that we've got now. Well, I don't think I've got any of the Fin 3s yet because it's been a while since I got some from you. So expect an order for some of those. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're in stock and ready to send them out. There you go. Yeah, and, a nine and a, a nine for me. <laughs> in beige or green. <laughs> if you guys have any idea how many of these types of uh, calls we get a day, because everybody who's seeing these new shoes just absolutely wants to have them, particularly if they've already worn a pair of our shoes. Uh, they're, they're already sold on the comfort and the, the versatility of the shoe, and you know now all the new styles and the new colors, uh, people end up having a closet full. Well, you don't need a closet full, but um, you know I, I'm anxious to uh, to try those out. Um, and, and, and then I got a pair of those, uh, I guess, the neoprene sides for for uh, uh, for wading and for getting in the water. Yeah, that's our that's our fin boot, and and those have continued into 2018. So that's the neoprene version that has the side zipper and the top buckle. And then we also have a fly fishing version, uh, which has a more traditional uh, lace up. But uh, both, you know, both have the same uh, four foot water flow system uh, that the fin shoe has, and the mm-hmm. same materials package. I got a question for you. Do you uh, do the girls' uh, boots as well as the boys and shoes? We just launched uh, our women's line uh, back in January. So for women, now we offer uh, both the Fin 3 and the Fin 2, as well as the Sail Fin, uh, which is uh, a, uh, a lace-up shoe that's more oriented towards uh, sailing. So it looks more like a sneaker um, than it does uh, kind of a technical but you had shoe. You had one a uh, year or so ago that you discontinued. It was a woman's shoe. It was white. And it just, you know, just looks good. Um, is there any difference between the woman's style and the men's style? No. So the well, the only difference really is in the sizing. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a narrower footbed. Oh, but, I see. Uh, the the uppers uh, and the materials package, etc., et is all identical between the men's and the women's lines mm-hmm. uh, in these shoes. Well, you know, so I'll, 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 we're going to have to let you go pretty quick. But when I wear these shoes, how many how many times have you ever walked up to somebody and say, "Hey, those are kind of neat looking shoes. What are they?" Never. And I've had numerous people go, hey, what, what are those? <laughs> and I try and explain it to them in a minute or so. But, uh, you know, they're just they're nice looking and they're just kind of interesting. Well, good. That's that's the reaction that, that a lot of us get. That if you're in an airport or a restaurant or whatever, it's very common for people to come up because it's a different look, uh, especially when you're wearing the fins because of the side vents, uh, right. the, the, the water drains. Okay. Uh, so, well, yeah. it looks like we're pretty much out, and the best way to do it is reach you online at? SoftScience.com. SoftScience.com. Remember that and go check it out. You will be glad you did. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. John, thank you very much for taking time from your day, and we'll be talking to you again real soon.
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. You can't catch fish. 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 No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. I got a little story about a city boy that came from Wisconsin up from Illinois so he can enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I told him. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't stand a chance catching fish on the slate, cause hey, you can pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy, you can't fish. I told you there, guy. Can't catch fish. What do you think you're doing? Can't catch fish. For Christ's sake. You can't catch fish. Go back to Illinois, hey. Can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have, of course, Frank Selby. And we got another special friend of mine on the line with us, Jim Korchinski. I think I said that right, didn't I, Jim? Yes, you did. Okay. And he operates a company called Blue Sky Cabo. And it's kind of interesting because he's a He's a Canuck, uh, and he has a limo company up there, I think, called Blue Sky. And he's got a fleet of boats in the harbor in Cabo San Lucas. And I I wouldn't say boats because, I mean, if you want some high-end um, 
charters fishing or sightseeing at a much more reasonable price. I mean, these these boats are millions of dollars, and you know you get the opportunity to go out and get pampered. Um, they're just beautiful. So anyway, Jim, you live in Canada. What the heck are you doing in Cabo San Lucas? Well, as you know, John, I like to fish in Alaska, and one of my partners uh, told me about a boat available for sale in Cabo, and it was a no-brainer because it's a lot warmer to fish in Cabo than yeah. Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a lot more days in the year, too, don't you? Yeah. True, yeah. Well, tell us about your, your uh, armada that you have in Cabo now. Well, we cater to a lot of uh, family fishing with a 32 and a 35 footer. And then our larger boats, the 43 and the 60, cater to the bachelor parties, corporate groups. Did you say 42 got, and 60? Yeah. Yes, you 43 a, and 60, yeah. Whoa, what is the yeah. 60? The, uh, the 60 is a birch room. It's uh, been registered with a $1.2 million retro. Wow. Uh, Wow, 60-foot no. Bertram, man, that is one heck of a boat. But, you know, Bertram is pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, they're designed to last forever, be comfortable, very seaworthy, and very expensive. And a 60-foot... So we've got an interesting program for you, for your listeners, John. Every Wednesday, we've got a complimentary sunset cruise. And all they have to do is contact you or contact me, and we'll put them on the boat at no charge. Wow. And that's uh, like a three-hour cruise. Just bring your own champagne? Yes. Yeah, bring your own beverages. Uh, we don't do three hours because it's just sunset, 90 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just started a new promotion, which I think you'll be interested in. Uh, every afternoon, we have a representative at our gate, and all you have to do is go up to the representative and say, I want to see the yacht. And we'll bring you down to the yacht in the slip and provide a complimentary margarita for you. Wow. Well, and... That's sort of an open house. Yeah, and did you put them all in, was it D-Dock? We're on I Lake Igloo now. Okay. And you got them all together then? No, we're on F and I. We got two and two. Yeah. Well, that's... uh, But the the open house is on I because we're showing off the 60-footer. Well, the uh, 42 and the 60, how many people can you comfortably put on those boats? We put 10 on the 43 and 20 on the 60. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a 55-foot you know, charter boat, uh, open party boat, is a pretty good-sized boat, and you can put 40 people on that uh, fishing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you do, obviously they're designed for fishing, but they're designed for a lot more than that. Well, as you know, I've made the boats more enjoyable for the families. We've got inflatable toys, beanbags, uh, Bluetooth sound systems. So we, it's not a hardcore fishing trip, uh, trip. But as you know, our staff, numerously times, uh, numerous times, they've been uh, commented on on TripAdvisor as the best crew in Cabo. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I like? Yeah, my kind of fishing is uh, getting the V-berth up front, take a little nap, um, and then every once in a while, the uh, hostess will come in and say, excuse me, Mr. Hennigan, but you have a fish on. <laughs> and I would say... I've heard that before. I would say, okay, uh, what is it? She goes, um, uh, it's a tuna. I say, well, how big is it? And she'll say, oh, about 150, 200 pounds. And I said, no, nah, never mind. 
Let me know when you got a 50 or 60. <laughs> but, uh, no, well, that... I, just took, I, just took, uh, I just took a trip out with my son last week. Uh, we went 30 miles out, which is quite a ways. That to the tuna grounds? And we, we, we landed 13 tuna in one day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much due south, about 25, 30 miles. So, I don't know what's out there, but there seems to be that's where the tuna are usually. Yeah, so you, what do we do as owners? I donate the tuna back to the boat. Oh. And when you go out on a blue sky boat, uh, the crew will go into the fridge and grab some of my tuna and make up some ceviche or sashimi for you as your appetizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got a good, well, you got to pretty much a dedicated chef to captain and deckhand. And uh, yep. the amenities, uh, air-conditioned salon on, you know, most, uh, I guess most all of them, in a, in a full head and, you know, a couple of berths. It is uh, sure to, a great way to relax and, and uh, go out and, and look for the big one. Sure. You can see our live broadcast every day oh, really? when we go out on our Facebook page. Oh. And so if, you, if you want to sit back and, and enjoy the uh, oh, cool. the action on a live broadcast, you just go to Blue Sky Cabo on Facebook. Oh, wow. Well, I just learned that. I'll have to start doing that. And uh, no, it's uh, and and again, let's let's talk about the price because you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars to charter a boat like that. So give us an idea of what your different boats run. Um, our smaller boats start around eight hundred and twenty-five dollars for a half day. Wow! And then you got your bait license and tax, and then uh, it goes it goes up gradually. So the next boat would be. A range from nine seventy five to thirteen seventy five or thirteen, yeah, and then it gradually goes up again to sixteen hundred to two thousand. Well, That's if you've got if you've got yeah. ten people on that boat comfortably, uh, when you divide it out, it's cheap. Yeah, we we always tell people with tax and gratuity to budget between two hundred and two hundred and fifty dollars per person for a full day. Yeah. Mm hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but you go on a six-pack boat out of Alaska, uh, and it's three fifty, four hundred for you know just uh, you know a twenty-four foot uh, aluminum boat with six True. people. When I go, yeah. it's about a thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, good. Well, well, I just want to let you know that uh, Cabo's open. Uh, Summer's going to be here soon. Uh, Eighty-five degrees every day, no rain. Is the water and, temperature? Uh, we do have that comp. I'm sorry, have the what? We have that complimentary sunset cruise every Wednesday. Okay. Um, yeah, make sure that uh, we organize that. And then, uh, what is the water temperature now? Is it coming up? Uh, yeah, it's rising a bit. Yep. Okay, so it's of course in the uh, um, when you get in towards the end of summer into October. Um, when we're talking about warm water, we're talking about high eighties. So True. you know you get out there and you know you you, you don't jump on the water to cool off. <laughs> no, it's like a bathtub. But it but it is make some great snorkeling and you can actually jump in and and uh, paddle around and and uh, and just have some fun while you're out there if you want. So we're just, on the technical side, we're using a lot of jewelry behind the boat. I'm using Squid Nation, Rip and Who, um, anything that sparkles in the water, tracks a fish as a bait and switch. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, and we even have a okay, good success so you're, with that. You're, you're using spreader bars and then with the bait behind it, or what? That's, that's right, yeah. The crew will also cast bait directly to the marlin and do the hookup. Mm -hmm. We've got some great video on our Facebook page, uh, just amazing video of the, uh, the crew doing a sidearm hookup. Yeah. And as you know, when they, they, they jerk that rod three, four times with a fast action, and then they hand the rod to the, the client in the chair. Well, I, I think that's wonderful, especially if, you're, uh, if it's your first marlin and it, it is yours. But uh, personally, I think whoever hooks the marlin, it's, they're the ones that's supposed to bring it in. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but, we're, we're, we're novice angler friendly. Yeah. So, and we'll help you keep that line tight, tight lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, we release all of our marlin. We like to observe the Billfish Foundation guidelines. Mm -hmm. So the only reason we'd keep a marlin on the boat is if it died due to a heart attack or drowning. Yeah, and that doesn't happen very often. Yes, I know a lot of the, the boat captains down there, the smaller ones, they'll, they'll bring the marlin up, and it looks okay to me, and they go, oh, no, no, it's it's going to die. We better we better, we better better <laughs> kill it and bring it on board. Um, we're going to take it to the uh, orphanage. Well, the orphanage is the back door to the restaurant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, Can I well, recommend a restaurant to all of our listeners? Please. Um, have you been to Mission Tequino yet, K-I-N-O? No, where is it? Um, it's one block north of Cabo Wabo, very hard to find. Uh, on the main street? Uh, uh, you know where Hotel Marta Cortez is? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. So it's just a right turn up that one way, the opposite way. Oh, okay, yeah, the Marta Cortez was one of the original hotels down there. And it's, you know, for, yeah. it's, it's pretty low end, but it's nice and it's a good value and it's right downtown. Got a wonderful pool, yeah. wonderful patio. Yeah, a little breakfast place in the back. I think still there, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, is. So, what was the name of that restaurant again? I got to write it down. It's called It's called Mission de Kino. I'll send you the link. Okay, thank you. I'll add that to my list. Okay, well, we're going to have to take off. So, go to Blue Sky Cabo. Is that right? Yeah, blueskycabo.com, mm -hmm. and we're also on Instagram at, at blueskycabo. And then, of course, that Facebook's or the uh, uh, on uh, was it Facebook that you're on live? Yeah, Facebook Blue Sky Cabo, which is the live videos. Yeah, and if you want to experiment with uh, Cabo San Lucas high end without a high price, uh, give Jim a call. We appreciate that very much, Jim. Okay, John. All right, Have talk a good to you week. soon. All righty, bye. Bye. your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. If you think that'll help, you're in for a surprise, cause money. Can't buy school, you know the guys and me. We can catch a at will against Shad Rat. You ain't no match. Fish are just something that you can't catch. For crying out loud, guy. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Built a tug on the line and I didn't pay attention to spinning knew it, I was staring at a ten-pound shiny bass. When I tried to pull the fish inside, I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh. I was so scared, I threw my rod up in the air. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and Frank Selby, and we're getting our bass fix this week from uh, uh, Mark Lassane, who is editor of the Bass Angler magazine. Now, Mark, I don't know how you have time to actually work on that magazine. You're always off fishing or coming and going someplace. <laughs> I start at 4 o'clock in the morning, then I head out to the lake, and then I come back at about 6 and, and finish it up. So wow. if you want to get a hold of me, you know, uh, between 4 and 5 and... Six and eight is probably the best times. In the morning, six and eight. Six, no, six and eight at night. Oh, four, oh okay. Four and okay. five in the morning, six and eight at night. Five Other than that, I'm uh, kind of on the water. Shoot, I just went to sleep at five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's that time of the year for what, Mark? It's, you know what? Right now, the fish are depending on where you're at. So if you're in Minnesota, it's not quite there yet. It may may still be a little ice on the lakes. Uh, but here in California, these fish are moving up to spawn, so, which means that they're moving up really shallow. The males go and make the beds and then coax the girls in there to lay some eggs. And then uh, the girls take off and the males hang out and guard guard the nests. And, you know, all during that time, you can, you can catch them. Uh, you know, we, we really don't like it if you take them away or eat them, you know, because then the, 
it, it ruins those ones that could hatch and grow up into a bigger fish, mm-hmm. you know. But, but so, they're fun to catch. So and in, in, put a, it back. In, in other words, when you catch a, a bass, male or female, and they're on the nest, make sure you put it back where you found it. Yep, get a quick picture and, and throw it back in there. And that, that fish will go right back to the nest and, and hang out there and, you know, wait for the babies to hatch. Or if mm-hmm. there is babies, and they'll hang out and uh, watch them, you know, for a week or two. Oh, yeah, and then uh, then what do the little uh, fingerlings do? Well, what, so what happens after the after the bass little ones hatch? They're like fry, and they're little teeny black specks. And that's like what, a bunch of little and teeny that, mosquitoes and that, down and, there. And then the big fish eat the, and then the big bass eat those. Well, after a little while, yeah. I think you know it's kind of like mama shooing the bird the bird out of the nest. Um, you know, after about a week or so, that that bass will eat a few of them, and then I think the rest of them kind of get the idea and take off. So I would, you know, but yeah. my brother and sisters are getting eight, and I think I'd leave too. Yeah, yeah, real quick. <laughs> but the bluegill <laughs> get a lot of them. They hide in the, in the aquatic vegetation, and you know, whatever little rock or wherever they can, you know, hide out. They're really small, so it's pretty easy for them to hide at, at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on now, you know, like uh, I'm going to say Florida and, you know, lower parts of Texas. That's uh, That should be all done by now. Well, In how, Florida, how, a lot of times they even start in November or Mark, December. How long does it take for them to reach two pounds from when they're, from when they're hatched? It, it, you know, it, depend, it depends on where they are and how warm the water is. Generally, I'm going to say about a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. In, uh, you know, in uh, faster growing areas. Um, you get uh, fish like smallmouth bass, you know, they'll probably take three years to get to two pounds. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're living in a little bit cooler climate, and uh, the growth period is longer, or, or shorter, I'm sorry. Right. Right. So if you get a, uh, let's heaven forbid to say you get an eight-pounder, how old would that fish be? That You know, that it, it depends on what they're eating. If you're in a lake down like where Southern California... And they're eating trout. They can grow to eight pounds. So I'm going to say four or five years. Yeah, four years. Yeah. Right. But but if you're in like in Minnesota, eight pounder maybe you know ten or twelve years eight. old. Even if they get that big there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, give us some techniques on you know on, on catching some of these bass. Um, I know that Frank loves to fly fish. And it's certainly a possibility, but uh, you, you don't see uh, uh, tournament bass anglers throwing a fly. Well, uh, I would say you do, actually, and I throw flies in tournaments. You know, I throw, uh, they're like a little lead-headed hair jig, so it's the same as a fly. Um, but not, we're not using a fly rod, per se. Well, I yeah. understand that uh, by regulation it can't be more than seven feet, is that right? Well, they, you know, they've removed that regulation from most of the tournaments. I think in Bassmaster now, uh, the rod could be 10 foot long. Oh. <laughs> but, okay. you know, I, honestly, I don't know if you could have a fly rod in a bass tournament. I have never seen one, so I would well, say probably not. The, the reason why they won't let us get in the bass tournaments because we can lift it up right after we hit the hole. If we don't like it, we can pick it right back up. We have a an advantage on you have to reel all the way in. We do not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it. That's so what I, really, that's what they told me years ago. Huh. 
Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I, have, I mean, I know that, but I haven't heard that. So that's yeah. News. That's- so a lot of. There's a lot of other techniques you can use this time of year. Um, you know, I, we talk about wacky senkos a lot on this show because that's just a great way to catch them, uh, I think, 365 days out of the year unless the water's frozen over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you have, uh, like, moving baits, spinner baits, shatter baits, crank baits are, are always good this time of year. So all the not all the fish are spawning at the same time. So you'll have some that are already done spawning, some that are up spawning, and some that are we call pre-spawn. And those pre-spawn fish eat up really heavy, heavy before right. uh, before the spawn. You know, one to get energy to, to help through the spawn, and you know, and another one just to get get fattened up. And you tell when you catch a pre-spawn one because they look like Santa Claus, big giant fat belly. Yeah. And then, uh, and then once they're done, they're pretty easy because they have a big head and a skinny body. Okay. It takes them, uh, you know, another month or so to kind of fatten up and get back in shape. Mm-hmm. Now, your what is your uh, favorite go-to when you're when you have to catch fish and you're in a tournament? You use a spinning rod, a, a uh, conventional, or what is it you do? Well, you know, I use a spinning rod when the baits are a quarter ounce or under. So uh, you know, like a drop shot or a small Texas rig, dark head, uh, you know, small wacky rigs. I'll use a spinning rod, whether or not it's a tournament. Uh, and then if the bait is bigger, say, you know, there's baits like, uh, you know, we talked about a spare bait, crank bait, uh, chatter bait, baits like that. A bait caster is much more efficient because you can toss it out there and you can basically put your thumb on a reel. Oh, stop put it, it right where you want it. Right, yeah. right where you want it. Right. I mean, so you can do it with a spinning rod, but it's, but it's a lot harder on a spinning rod. Yeah, so if a you're... Bait, uh, bait caster is like a win. You see people uh, taking a frog uh, and throwing it right on the bank and then twitching it into the water. Exactly, and you you know you can do that. I I fish with people from Minnesota that use spinner rods to do that, uh, which is kind of obscure to me. I I use a bait caster, usually sixty five pound braided line, so it's pretty heavy duty setup. But when you're throwing a frog, mm-hmm. so you can pull it through the weeds and and uh, um, and, and drag the fish out from underneath the pier. Right, right. Yeah, you, you pull it through the weeds, and those fish usually come up and blast through the weeds, and then, you know, the bigger ones will go right down in it, and you need that heavy line to, to be able to pull them out. Mm-hmm. What about a leader for when you use braid? I, I don't use any leader when I use braid. I tie oh. the frog straight, yeah, straight to it. Uh, same thing with top, other topwater baits. Say you're using a whopper plopper or a, like a Sarah Spook or a buzz bait. Uh, most of the time, I'm throwing braided line. Braided line floats at the top. There's not a lot of stretch. So as long as you're not too quick on the gun, you know, if you're if you're if you have really fast reflexes and that fish blows up on it, <laughs> you can actually pull the bait away from the fish, mm-hmm. which you don't want to do. So you just have to be a little bit disciplined. And when that fish blows up on the bait, you you just want to react a little but, bit slower. Yeah, but you don't. But you don't want to sit there and wait for it to chew on it. You just got to as soon as it's in their mouth, you set the hook, right? Exactly. Yeah. Once they have it, you know, you want to set the hook. Yeah, you know, that's one thing that that I get a lot from people is they're like, they're nibbling on it. They're nibbling on it. I go, no, they can't nibble. They don't have fingers or teeth. They have a big mouth and they suck it in. So if you think he's nibbling on it, he has it. You set the hook. Yeah. The fish is going to get away. Yeah. And what? Speaking of that, what about hooks? What do you use? 
Well, I use Gamagatsu hooks for the most part, and then there's a you know array of, of different hooks. I use a it's called a drop shot hook. It's uh, not not circular. It's uh, kind of oblonged a little bit. Or mm-hmm. uh, I'll use a for my open hook techniques and the wacky rig. And then they have another one called an extra wide gap, is when I'm using a rubber bait that is I want to rig Texas rig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are those are the two main ones that I use. Okay. But those are more like J-hooks then, right? Um, yeah, the drop shot hook are a little bit like a J-hook. Um, the other one looks, oh, like a half a circle with a little crank on the top. Yeah. That, but you, you, know, but you need you, like a little crook. Right. You need like a little crook at the top or mm-hmm. uh, or some little barbs to hold the, yeah. hold the bait, the rubber bait up. So it's kind, of, it's kind of bent in, but you never use circle hooks. Is that right? No. Um... You know, it's funny you should talk about that because we're going to a Barramundi farm and, uh, right after I cast this year. And the guy said, well, you need circle hooks. And I almost didn't really know what that is. And then I had to look it up and see what it was on a bait. They put circle hooks on a bait without a barb. So because mm-hmm. a Barramundi or bite it and we don't want the treble hooks to, you know, to tear up their mouth afterwards. Right, right. Now, so. circle hooks work, work great, but then you don't really see them in freshwater. Because, you know, what they'll do is you, you pull on it and they get caught right in the uh, in the jaw of the fish and they don't let go. That seems kind of funny about if you look at a circle hook, as you, you almost well, yeah, think, I, how could you hook a fish on that? I know. I, said, I don't know who invented them, but when you look at it, you go, this ain't going to work <laughs> you know, right. because the hook is uh, uh, is not exposed. But they catch big giant swordfish on them and tuna oh, yeah. and everything else on those on those hooks with just a little teeny gap between yeah. the, you know between the wire and the point of the hook. Right. Yeah. Well, what happens is is it uh, is the is the fish swims away. Uh, it just gets caught right in the corner of their mouth, and when it when it's on, it doesn't let go, but it, it doesn't hurt the fish. Right. Okay. Oh, looks that like time. it's t- looks like it's about time. Uh, we're going to take a break, and if you don't mind hanging around for a couple of minutes, Mark, that'd be great. You are listening to here. Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Uh, go to fishhunttalkradio.com and listen to the show uh, as many times as you want. Just go over on the front page where it says "Listen to." your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. 
You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. That's what I'm doing. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me a big one, the fine speckled trout. Slapping in the water, I put it right out. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan along with Frank Selby. And we have the editor of Bass Angler Magazine, um, which is uh, Mark Lassane. Hey, guys, before we go too far, we'd almost forgot. Um, earlier, we had uh, um, Jason Randall on. And his email is jrflyfishing.com. Tremendous, tremendous amount of information. So go to jrflyfishing.com. That's Jason Randall, jrflyfishing.com. And just fascinating stuff. Boy, we're, we're really uh, putting the information out, aren't we, guys? Yeah, we are. <laughs> now, uh, Frank is primarily a fly fishing angler. Uh, he teaches classes on fly fishing, does demonstrations. He's a consummate fly fisherman, but he shared with us that he doesn't, you know, sometimes you pick up a spinning rod or a bait caster. What it takes to get people into fish. Yeah. Well, like I said, we just, uh, off the air, we said you go both ways, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was, didn't come out right. My wife corrected me really quick. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I my first love is fly fishing, but I can do either. And a lot of times, uh, one of the nicest guys in the world taught me how to pitch. At the Fred Hall show, we go way, way back to when Loomis was just starting. And... Uh, he worked for Loomis, and he also worked for Shimano, first Shimano and then Loomis. He was one of the better pitchers, and he taught me how to flip. And, and who was that, Frank? Uh, Mike. 
out. And uh, I don't know if I should say his last name because uh, I've known him for years. He doesn't like to get all the compliments. But in my opinion, he was one of the best flippers around. We won a lot of money at the shows betting me and him with fly rod against spin reel and we would do the tricks. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. We made a few bucks on the side and uh, it was uh, fun when the shows have, you know, the bushes and the uh, the big tanks and the, uh, the big uh, uh, floor uh, water with uh, all kinds of uh, grass and stuff in it fake but it mm-hmm. works and then you have to do all these little circles all the way up to 60 feet it was a lot of fun wow so, but uh, uh, well not a fair question but uh, do you find it when do you have more success for bass with a fly or a conventional Fly. Oh, I can answer that. Okay. Mark. I'm going to tell you the conventional, conventional 100%. And, you know, I know that because I've taken out a lot of fly guys and they want to bring their fly rods along. And I tell them, hey, go ahead and bring it. Yeah, we'll see how it works. And, I, and 100% of them have gone back to conventional fishing after just a couple hours. Right. You know, they like to throw the fly and they'll catch some fish. But generally, you know, on a, say, a 30-fish day, they'll catch two or three on a fly rod, and they'll catch the rest on conventional. Yeah, well, of course, Frank's, uh, Frank, Frank's skill level is different than most also. Well, yeah. Frank, well you want to fish with me one time? Yeah, we'll do that. Sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, I can use a little money, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that sounds like a good deal. Uh, let's set this up. Okay. <laughs> and I'll only use two flies. All right. A crawdad and one other. Okay. All right. Well, All right. That's, it sounds like we got some competition. We'll have to put this on TV. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you a, a short, little short story about I went took some people fishing yesterday on Lake Berryessa, and we went back in this little cove. And they have what's called a shad spawn, which happens, you know, around right. this time of year in a lot of real, areas. Real quick. And yeah. you'll see you'll see the fish busting up and blowing up everywhere. Well, we threw into that shad spawn because we saw some bass going in there. Threw in there, the first cast was a steelhead about two foot long. <laughs> threw back in there again, and we caught a bass. Threw back okay. in there again, caught a crappie. All right. Threw back well, in there, got a that's, bass, a, so. that's a good way to finish it up. Thank you very much, Mark Lassane at BassAnglerMag.com. 